Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast, and welcome to our Bears-Broncos preseason preview show. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and in today's episode, we're going to go through everything you need to know before and pay attention to during Saturday's game. To help me provide this preview, I'm joined by my two Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. Brandon, how's your week been? The week's been good. I uh, was a little irritated today because I was like, oh yeah, I can can cut out of work about two o'clock and get get home by four no problem and i got home about 15 minutes ago uh, typically a, an hour to hour and a half drive took about two to two and a half hours so that, really irritated by that but i'm home so yeah that would be frustrating i've been there traffic is no fun no doubt about it nick i want to go over to you because you've had your own fair share of travel i would i would call them travel issues you were just in denver again i want to thank you for flying all the way to denver and providing uh exceptional coverage on our Twitter from yesterday's practice Wednesday down in uh, Doe Valley. But real quick, you want to just tell people how that whole experience went? Yeah. So yesterday, uh, obviously I was in Denver, but Tuesday got to O'Hare airport around 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. And I was supposed to get on a direct flight to Denver that ended up being overbooked. There was another one that got overbooked. So I ended up having to fly to Miami and that one went out about 10 minutes later than it should have. So once I got to Miami, the gate was closed. So I had to wait there. And then I had to run from, I think it was like D 42 in Miami, a gate there all the way to D 17. And I just missed the flight to Denver that night by a minute. The lady was talking to me in Spanish. I don't even, I didn't even know what she was saying. She's like, Uno momento. I'm like, Oh my goodness. So I missed that. I actually had to sleep overnight in Miami, barely got any sleep because it's just not very comfortable sleeping in an upright chair. 
the next that Wednesday morning around six o'clock, I get on the flight from Miami to Denver. Got to go first class, which was nice. So that was a, I guess, a plus to my day. Got to watch the new Avengers movie as well. But yeah, it was a, it was a hell of a day to be completely honest. Just flying yesterday, Tuesday, I was either at an at an airport or in an airplane from for a full twenty four hours from ten a.m. Tuesday to ten a.m. Wednesday. I was yeah in one of the two places. Incredible, but no way to be a trooper and power through that because. You didn't let jet lag, you didn't let lack of sleep, uh, you know, affect you. You were able to go there. Brandon's clapping in the background if you're wondering <laughs> what that sound was. Uh, but no, Nick, we all really do appreciate it. Really good stuff. And I know throughout this preview, you're going to kind of share some of the insight that you had at practice that kind of sets proper expectations for Saturday's game. Uh, but for last week's preview, uh, we went through 10 things to watch for. And even though I did, looking back, I think it did provide an abundance of quality information I think it's going to be more beneficial this week if we just went position by position and share with you everything to pay attention to at each. And, you know, here at the Bears Brothers, we do pride ourselves on providing those in-depth coverage. So by the end of this episode, our goal is to have you more than ready for the game so you know exactly what to watch for at every position for both the starters, the second string, and, of course, the third string guys. Guys, does that sound like a plan to you? Sounds like a plan. That sounds like a plan. Okay, I think that definitely sounds like a plan. <laughs> awesome. So let's go ahead and jump right in, guys. And because I want to talk about the finally under contract Roquan sooner rather than later, I'm going to begin today's preview by discussion on the Bears defense. And let's begin with the Bears defensive line. And you know what? Let's just start with Captain Obvious and state that this is just another opportunity uh, to check in on the battle between John Bullard and Roy Robertson-Harris, both of which played the vast majority of last week's game down in Cincinnati. Neither really did anything to make any headway, and hopefully someone does on Saturday. Nick, I heard John Bullard partook in most of the first team reps on Wednesday when you are there. Is that true, and how do you look? Yeah, so he definitely did uh, partake in most of the first team reps. Um, to be completely honest, there wasn't much of a pass rush from either team, the Broncos or the Bears, so it's kind of hard to tell what he actually did well, what he didn't do well, but he did partake in most of the first team reps, like you said. Um but that that's all I have on him because at my vantage point, it's either the offense is going one way, defense going at the same time. So it's kind of hard to watch both at the same time. But you didn't notice a lot of guys getting inside to the quarterback or stopping the run because right before any of that would have happened, the play was just blown dead. So, yeah, I didn't see a lot of Robinson Harris or Buller, but he did get a majority of those snaps. Okay, so let's turn it to Saturday. What do you expect between these two? Do you expect them to give it a whole another game here and have the Bears kind of allow them to continue to battle it out on the field? Oh, yeah, I would definitely expect that to happen because I've, it's still Bullard's spot to lose, and I think the Bears just want to see how these both of these guys compete against one another to see maybe Roy Robinson-Harris can surpass Bullard. But uh, I do expect both these guys to play for the majority of the first half or whenever that first-team defense is done, and then you're going to see them trickle in, get some reps to that second team as well. But I do expect to see that on Saturday. What about you, B? Anything you want to add about this, this position battle that we've talked about for over a month now? Or is there anything else on the defensive line that you are paying attention to? Uh, I think just between those two, whoever can find a way to consistently win the point of attack is going to end up getting the, the first team reps. And so far, I think we've seen that that's Bullard, even though Ray Robertson Harris in the last game had more tackles than Bullard. seems like when Bullard is able to consistently win that, he's be able to be more explosive and get in the backfield. So i would hope that that's something he's continued to work on there in Denver. But other than that, I think the, the defensive line with Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman's pretty much set in stone as far as his first team goes. All right. See, so yeah, let's take it a little bit further here because there are more things to pay attention to with the defensive line. For me personally, 
I'm wondering, does John Jenkins get more five, uh, time at the five tech like we saw at practice a couple weeks ago? What about rookie Bilal Nichols? Does he continue to you know ascend here early on in the preseason? And don't forget about a guy named Nick Williams. You know He's impressed us a little bit more than we anticipated going into training camp. But again, by looking at who's getting times with the ones in terms of the rotation, either it could be any of these guys, honestly, we're going to have a good understanding of where these players stand in the coach's mind with only two more preseason games to go. Nick, out of all these current second and third teamers, uh, who are you going to be paying attention to the most and why? Bilal Nichols, I just feel like I haven't seen enough of him, and that's just maybe just not kind of locating him, seeing where he's at actually on a specific play and what his assignment is. But I want to see more Bilal Nichols, obviously being a draft pick uh, in this last draft and, you know, Bears having some high hopes for him. I want to see him produce a little bit more when the opportunity comes, when he's in the game. Just make a play. Make Let me see that you're actually doing something out there. Not that he hasn't been, but I just want to kind of see it, and especially on Saturday. Absolutely. B, anything else you want to add about the defensive line, Mr. Trenches? I I kind of want to see Blau Nichols show up uh, because Nick and I were talking about in the last postgame show with Cincinnati that, you know, he was just kind of kind of absent. We didn't really know where he was at on the field. You know, you're looking for him, but you just, you're just you not sure if he's actually there or not. And he only had two tackles on the day. So I don't know if you've seen something different while you were there, Will, but I want to, I want to see his impact be felt a little bit more, kind of like it was in the Ravens game. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something I'm going to talk about later on, though, just in general, uh, getting into the backfield, generating some sort of pocket you know, push. It's going to be huge for the Bears front seven to kind of display they can, because from the Hall of Fame game to the uh, first official preseason game, it took a drastic downturn and we need to kind of see that uh, turn itself around. But let's go ahead and move over to linebacker. And here I want to look both inside and out. I want to start inside because I want to talk about the obviously huge storyline that I just want to get to. And that's whether or not Roquan Smith is going to play in this game after signing his contract just a few days ago. He's gotten praise from both the players and coaches alike about his preparedness, his attitude, and how he carries himself. Coach Nagy hasn't specified if the first rounder will indeed play on Saturday, but I want to know what you guys think. Does he play? And if he does, what do you want to see? And if he doesn't, are you still confident that he can start week one? Nick, let's go to you first. Okay, so do I think that Roquan Smith plays? I think he does. But I said that about Joel E.A. Buniwe last week, and he didn't play at all. But I think he does play, but in a very limited role, maybe with that second, third string uh, unit. And I really want to see him play. And he, he looked good on uh, yesterday's practice, even though he's been, you know, missed some time with that holdout. He was able to cover receivers and just be in the right place at the right time. Um, if he doesn't play, does that maybe hinder whether he can play in the week one? I don't think so. I think Roquan Smith, very intellectual guy, has all, all the athleticism. And just with Vic Fangio, now he's actually with the team. I think he will be ready. But I don't know if it's like an official start. Maybe Kwiatkowski gets a start and he kind of gets trickled in throughout the game. But even if he does miss this game, I don't think that's maybe a reason why he, he's not going to be ready for week one. But I do think that he does play. All right. What about you, B? What are your thoughts about this week in Roquan? I hope that he plays, but I think it, I hope he plays with the two so that way we can get a, a good gauge of where he's at if he's, you know, kind of dominating when you know that you can't sit him down at the three. It's not that they're going to do that, but, you know, just kind of let him know where he's at competition-wise. If he's kind of dominating the twos, you know he can't sit him down to the threes. You know he can play with the twos. Then maybe next week you trickle him in there with the ones a little bit and see how he competes with some of the guys that are more NFL-ready, guys that have been in the league a little longer. That should give you a good gauge of where he's going to be at for week one and whether or not he's going to be able to perform week one against Green Bay. So with that said, I, I think that uh, we're going to see him start with the twos if he plays this week. And if not, then. Then if not, I think we lost Brandon there for a moment. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> like it just cut out. 
So the last thing we heard from UB was, and if not, and if not, then that tells us where he's at physically. Uh, I wouldn't say mentally because we know he's a pretty smart guy, but that kind of tells us where he's at physically as far as being a week one prepared. See, I'm looking at the other way around. I think physically he's going to be ready to go. You know, he was training down in Athens right there at University of Georgia. Uh, I mean, he's young. He's been taking care of his body. He's going to be able to jump right in. Of course, it's all going to matter in terms of what Nagy always talks about, right? Callousing your body and the steps that they need to take in order to do that properly. But I wonder how he's going to be prepared mentally. Not like, is he ready to go out there and play football? Of course, he's a first-rounder. He's Roquan Smith. He's going to go out there. He's ready to play some ball. But how well does he know the playbook? How well can he, you know, of course, uh, play his assignments? Those are all things that if he does play, uh, we're going to see where he stands mentally. And if he's already there mentally, if he is at least 80% of the way there in terms of knowing this playbook, knowing what is asked of him on any given down, then he's already going to be light years ahead of what maybe a lot of fans are wondering where he'd be after missing 29 days. And if that's the case, he's just going to be one step closer to starting week one. And I think he's going to be – He's going to surprise some folks here. But real quick, I want to talk about the other rookie linebacker, you know, uh, Joel Iebuniwe, uh, or Iggy, because he's someone who hasn't really been able to play this preseason uh, due to an injury, but it's kind of flown under the radar that he's not getting any reps. If I had to assume he's going to play with the third string, which, of course, he needs inches away up, he's someone we talked about throughout the offseason who primarily in his rookie year should just be a special teams contributor who can step in if needed, but, of course, he would be way down in the pecking order. Nick, did you see anything out of him in Denver, um, and what would you expect from him on Saturday? Yeah, I didn't really see much of him in Denver, but as to my ex- expectations, like like you said, I think he is going to be with that third-string defense, and the place where I want to see him uh, maybe excel in is that coverage-wise. He is a smaller inside linebacker. I want to see if he gets to the right depths and is able to be in the right position at the right place at the right time. So that's what I'm expecting to see from him come Saturday, but I didn't really see a lot of him uh, you know, this practice on uh, Wednesday, but hopefully things change for Saturday's game. And real quick, Nick, I think we would do everyone a disservice if you didn't at least explain to our listeners what you saw from Roquan yesterday. I think that's a huge thing that we should definitely mention. Yeah, so whenever 58 was on the field, everybody, I was standing next to some Bears fans, were like, oh, Roquan's in, Roquan's in, what is he doing? But he, even though, like I said, that holdout, he obviously 29 days or whatever it was, he looked good. He really did. He was at the right place. Uh, it didn't seem like it was too much for him. And when you're guarding Demarius Thomas one-on-one, a Pro Bowl wide receiver is able to stick with him, that is, you know, showing your ability. And we know that Roquan Smith's going to be able to have those coverage skills. So I liked what I saw from him. I was not expecting him to be, you know, in the positions that he was to make these types of plays, but he was. So it just shows you the kind of player that Roquan is. But, yeah, I was a little taken back by how ready he was, even though that was his first practice in who knows how long. Yeah, no, that's really good to see. Like when I saw that video uh, that he was blanketing uh, Demarius Thomas right there, I was like, "Ooh, this is a good sign." Because uh, usually a you know number one wideout against a middle linebacker is a huge advantage for the offense. But Roquan showing that if the Bears' um, defense is on the field come the regular season and teams want to try that against him, it might not be as such an advantage as you may think. So definitely a good sign out of Roquan Smith from yesterday's practice. All right, guys, let's bounce outside here. Actually, real quick. Uh, anything else you want to mention about inside guys? Do you think Danny Trevathan plays? I know he's been practicing. I'm sure he'll be out there maybe a little bit, but I don't think he needs to practice in order to be ready week one. Um, but B, what about you? Do you think he actually gets to play on Saturday? I think he will a little bit. I don't think it's going to be for very long. He won't be out there with the whole the whole first string unit for the, the whole duration that they're out there. But I would like to see him play, like, you know, get your body physically ready for week one of the regular season. Um, 
what I'd like to see from the linebacker group in general is tackling in space. Because uh, John Timu let uh, Mixon from the from the Bengals slip a tackle, and then Amos tried to hit him hard again, and then he walks into the end zone. Uh, so open field tackling, really, for since we're going to bounce the secondary here in a, in a second, uh, both the secondary and the linebackers, that's something I think definitely needs to be addressed. I know that's just one incident, uh, but that's something that's really got to be shored up come week one. Nick, do you have anything you want to add about Trevathan? Because I do agree with Brandon that he should play, but with someone with such a rich history of injuries, it always kind of makes me worrisome when he's someone he missed entire preseason, what, last year, and he was able to step in week one, not even skipping a beat. So for me, he's a guy who... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. doesn't need to play, um, but what are your thoughts on Trevathan and then anything that you're going to be paying attention to in terms of the outside guys? Because I have about a handful. Yeah, so with Trevathan... Um... You know, it's always a hit or miss. Should he play? Should he not? I think he does. And you can't wrap these guys up in bubble wrap. Uh, they're going to get hit throughout the course of the season. And, you know, maybe he only plays like two series and the rest of the first string defense plays the rest of the game. I'm fine with that. He he still needs to show that he knows all of his assignment, his assignments, which I know he does. But you still want to see him out there. Um, But you want to see a limited role. You need Trevathan out there in the regular season, not in the third preseason game of the year so far. So, yeah, I do want to see him play. And then in terms of uh, other inside guys, um, you know, you want to see John Timu maybe bounce back a little bit because he probably will be a special teamer, if anything, on this team if he does make it. But you did want to get out to the outside linebackers. you have some uh, notes on that? Yeah, I mean, just looking outside, Isaiah Irving, he missed last week's game. He should be able to go back in action this Saturday. I really want to see him kind of look the same part he did against the Ravens and not have that same side of like kind of letdown that like Kylie Fitz had. Um, I know they're two different players and I, I don't have like the same expectations to reach, but Irving, someone who last preseason was able to make a name for himself. I know he already missed one preseason game. I want to see if he can kind of continue this style of play uh, that he had in a hall of fame game, that being getting into the, you know, the pocket in a hurry, disrupting the flow of the quarterback because without him, we had a hard time once the starting defense went out uh, generating any sort of pressure against Cincinnati. So we need to kind of see that uh, the tide turn just a little bit here, of course, against the Denver Broncos. And, of course, uh, we need to pay attention to Fitz as well, see if he can bounce back, especially against a run. I think that's an area that he struggled with last week. And real quickly, you know, Aaron Lynch, he's still not practicing. So Saturday is, I'm going to call it another opportunity for guys like the undrafted rookie Elijah Norris and the uh, veteran uh, Kasim Edibali. You know, he made his presence felt that we could go, had his name uh, put out there. A lot of people are like, who is this Edibali and how come I never heard of him before? Well, we found out a little bit last week and with no Aaron Lynch, is this another opportunity for them to prove that they could perhaps be a part of a rotation, like the back end of it, of course. It would bump everyone up a notch where perhaps Aaron Lynch was coming in to be a starter or like the first guy out. But what are your guys' thoughts on the outside? Anything I didn't mention that we should talk about? Yeah, for the first stringers, uh, I want to see someone make a play early on uh, because against Cincinnati, the defense kind of came out slow and flat, kind of like we typically see the Bears' defense, especially last year. It's just kind of, you know, once they got the first series out of the way, then they were able to really kick it up a notch and play really good defense throughout the entirety of the game. I want to see someone come out and make a play and set that energy early. 
that's something that I think this defense could really, really benefit from. And it's going to be coming from guys, I think, like Leonard Floyd, who's a playmaker, or Sam Acho, who we've seen blow through blockers, tight ends, running backs, and the, the blocking drills. I want to see one of those guys step up, make a play early, and really set the energy for the defense. Awesome. What about you, Nick? Anything else about the outside guys? In terms of the outside guys, I really like what I saw from Sam Acho on that one play I posted on our Twitter page, just using some different moves to get to the quarterback. I want to see him to continue to do that because he's not going to be able to just bull rush everybody, and he's been able to beat tight ends. Now comes maybe where it's that tackle and him. How is he going to beat that guy? Well, if you have a you know a variety of different moves, that always helps. So I want to watch that in this game, see how many reps he does get there, uh, how much time the first-team defense actually does play. And then in terms of those other guys, Isaiah Irving, Kylie Fitz, we, we want to see more of that pressure coming uh, off that edge because that you know that's exactly what Vic Fangio does with this defense. But they also have to be able to cover in space. So just those little things, the technique-wise, because Kylie Fitz did look a little stiff at, when it came to uh, the game last week. So I want to see when he's in space, how is he able to look, maybe bounce back from that. So just little things I'm going to be looking for. Excellent. Good stuff there, Nick. So up next, we're going to talk about the Bears secondary. But before we do... Uh, I need to call a quick timeout and tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Football is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget, and it doesn't just end with sports. SeatGeek has plenty of tickets to concerts, comedy, and theater, too. Nick, you just used SeatGeek the other day, right? Uh, for what concert is that for again? Going to go see Ed Sheeran with my girlfriend in Minneapolis. So I was able to use a SeatGeek app for that. Excellent. See, because SeatGeek, you know, we all have it on our phones, all the Bears brothers. I used it to go see the Bears preseason game against Cincinnati. Nick just used it for that Ed Sheeran concert. And I'm looking ahead here, and in the first home Bears game, right? The one against the Seahawks. There's still plenty of seats left, so definitely check out SeatGeek. And the app is just so easy to use, guys. Just download it. Uh, you can even sort by value so you know you're getting the best deal on whatever ticket you purchase. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Alrighty, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by both of my Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano, and we are sharing with you our preview for the Bears-Broncos preseason game on Saturday night, and we are now setting our eyes on the Bears secondary. And Nick, when you were at practice yesterday, you said that the Bears secondary wasn't really doing a great job. They were allowing for some big plays. What did you see so we know what to watch for, as in maybe some things that we need to see cleaned up Saturday night? Yeah, I think communications. one of them. I know I posted a video on the Twitter page, but there was just a man running down the seam. Nobody covering him. You see Eddie Jackson point that way, but nobody goes over to cover him. He has a, some decent closing speed where maybe he could have made a play in the game, but still that ball was able to get to the wide open receiver. So I think that's where it needs to be cleaned up. I wasn't there to see Kyle Fuller get completely abused by Emmanuel Sanders. I, I believe that he put him you know, right, right on the turf there just on a route. But the backups, they actually did a pretty, pretty decent job, though, at cornerback. And, you know, Doran Graham, Michael Joseph, these guys were being challenged, uh, especially in the red zone. 
They were able to stick with their guys, compete with bigger, you know, tight ends and, you know, on fade routes, which are pretty hard, pretty hard to guard. Uh, it was Michael Joseph just batting out, batting a few balls away. So I did like what I saw from the backups. Prince of Mukamura did not practice yesterday. I do not know what the injury was, but you groin. saw groin injury. Okay. So uh, he didn't practice, but you had a Marcus Cooper, unfortunately, step up. Uh, every <laughs> single time there was a, a pass to his side, uh, usually it was caught in just the Bears fans that were next to him. We were like, oh, that's who, why you don't want him starting. But Doran Grant was the, the next guy up in that position with the one. So um, that's a guy that I've liked who's made some plays in the preseason. So it was good to see uh, some of the younger guys, you know, be able to make some plays. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't seem like Marcus Cooper maybe stepped up, but he was out there on the field. and that's <laughs> he, did, he did. I will say this. With the second and third stringers, he had an interception towards the middle of the field. He's playing nickelback, I believe, at that time, and he had deflected pass. But then, again, that is against the second third string offense for the Broncos. Not exactly. the first team is where he's not making plays, but, you know, the lesser, I guess, competition. Yeah, no, that's it doesn't really give me any more confidence no. in him. Not, not one <laughs> bit, but you do bring up a good point with Doran Grant because – Amukamara is not going to play this week. Just, this is not going to happen. So last week they did allow Cooper to kind of take that spot. And now, of course, you said they're rotating him and Grant. So I anticipate Saturday night they're going to do the same exact thing, giving Grant some first-team reps, which is pretty interesting because at one point in this training camp he was down with the threes, and now he's kind of inching his way up with the first string. So for Doran Grant, Saturday night is huge. It's pivotal for his long-term shot at making this roster. If he goes out there and plays at the ones – and plays well, he might have just earned himself a roster spot heading into uh, you know, the 2018 season. And so for me, that's the number one thing I'm paying attention to are the corners is can Doran Grant make the most of this opportunity with Prince of Mukamara out with an injury? It's a great time for the Bears to see what they have in Grant. He's someone who, coming out of Ohio State, has taken him some time, a couple of seasons. Um, but it seems like he's kind of getting his footing. And under Vic Fangio, he's kind of blossoming a little bit. But he's not the only young corner to pay attention to. Nick, you already talked about Michael Joseph. Uh, Kevin Tolliver, I know he started off the OTAs hot. He started off training camp hot. And ever since his injury, he's kind of simmered down. So, of course, you want to see if he can kind of rise back up. But uh, I just want to talk, give a shout-out to Michael Joseph because he surprised me. Someone who went all the way from D3 Dubuque. Um, it took him a little while to adjust, and training camp he struggled early on. But I think he's caught on rather well, and I'm excited to see what he can do if he gets some time with the twos. Uh, Brandon, over to you. In terms of the cornerbacks, what are you paying attention to? Really how much they try to I, – I don't want to say that they're trying to give Marcus Cooper a roster spot, but he's really making it hard for them to give it to him because it seems like in the in game time we're seeing a lot of Marcus Cooper, especially against Cincinnati. Uh, it felt like anyway. He only had three tackles on the day. But then he goes out there against the ones, like Nick said, uh, out there in Denver and – doing Marcus Cooper things, just kind of letting this guy catch the ball. And then against the two is showing a little bit more. So if Doran Grant, like you said, this is going to be an absolute huge opportunity for him. And even if they filter in Michael Joseph, a guy, I think they should at least try for a series or two, maybe even a player or two, somewhere in that rotation, just to see how he matches up against the ones. I think that's huge for both those guys, especially because I had Michael Joseph as my dark horse guy to make the team when we were doing position previews. So that'd be really cool if I get that one right. Um, a little self-bragging there, but <laughs> no, overall, I think that this is huge for Doran Grant. Uh, like you said, he's got an opportunity to, to steal something. If Marcus Cooper isn't going to step up, be that guy like he was in Arizona that you know made Ryan Pace bring him here, then you got to give it to Doran Grant as far as a, a rotational cornerback. If Amukamara is going to face uh, long-term injury issues, I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. But you got to you know have some sort of prepared plan back there at the bottom of the depth chart. 
No, absolutely. You want to find a guy who can play outside that is not named Marcus Cooper. But let's look inside. Let's look at that cor- uh, that nickelback real quick because last week it was Cooper. Uh, once the first ring went out, he slid inside a nickel um, because Craven LeBlanc was out. But LeBlanc was practicing yesterday, if, if that's what I read correctly. I didn't see anything from Nick. But did you see anything out of Craven yesterday? Because I really want to see him back out there uh, right behind Bryce Callahan because I think Craven, even though I don't think he's a lock to make this roster, I believe the Bears want to move forward with him as that backup, you know, slot cornerback. Uh, did you see anything, and what would you anticipate if he does play? Yeah, no, um, to be completely honest with Craven, I didn't notice him really out there. I mean, I guess that's not a bad thing. He's not giving up the big play, right? But in terms of Saturday, I think that, you know, you want to see Craven LeBlanc, you know, sticking with his guy because obviously Bryce Callahan, he's a slotted one starter, and Craven LeBlanc has had some starting time before, but injuries and just with new guys coming in, it's kind of it, the talk of Craven is really not there as, as much as it once was. So you want to see him have a good game, especially in that nickel spot, which is so vital in every single defense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, come Saturday, there's going to be a lot of opportunities, and he's played on the outside. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him out there as well because, again, vers- if you have that versatility, that only adds to your value with sticking on a team. No, absolutely. And you're right, though. It's- the nickel corner position is huge because teams are, in, at least in sub packages, nickel dime at least 60% of the time now in the NFL. So, yeah, Craven, I know he's practicing. We'll see if he plays. Um, I know they're taking it kind of easy with these injuries, you know, not wanting to you know, force guys out there. But I think if he's close and he doesn't play, I wonder if that's a bit of confidence that they don't want to you know, push him too hard before the regular season, kind of showing he is uh, in good standing to make this team. I, that's how I would look at it. But, of course, there's always two sides to every story. Um, but, guys, any final thoughts on the corners before we go to safeties? I almost said on the defense, but we have to talk about these safeties. You know what? I'll, I'll just butt in before uh, Brandon does. I do want to see a lot of Kelvin, Kevin uh, Tolliver just on, on Saturday. We haven't seen a lot of him. Obviously, like you said, Will, he had that great start to training camp, but he got injured. I think this is a big game for him, especially with the Mukamura out. That moves everybody up this kind of depth chart, especially in this preseason game. I want to see what he can do. Big physical corner. Vic Fangio likes those kind of corners, that mold. So I want to see what he does come Saturday. Yep, and uh, I want to see John Franklin have a bounce-back game, too. Oh, yeah. He got kind of fighting for a roster spot, and he didn't look very good against Cincinnati, so I just kind of want to see how he bounces back. What what does that versatility do to him? Yeah. Or that adversity, I should say. No, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's. I really have a hard time thinking there's any possibility that Franklin makes this I don't roster. Think he, I don't think he makes it. I just want to want to see him be able to bounce back, at least put up some sort of fight to make a, a bottom, bottom of the roster spot. I don't think he makes it, though. Or practice squad. We'll see how it all kind of fares, but... Looking at safety real quick, I want to know what you guys are paying attention to because I know Dion Bush returned to practice. I'm curious if he does get to play or not. And if he does, I want to know how the three Ds in general play, that being Dion, DeAndre, and DeAndre. Um, of course, I thought all, play, all three have played really well through off camp and this preseason when they've had their time. I have not really have many negative things to say about any of those safeties, not a lot of negative comments, a lot of – a lot of surprises from them. I did not anticipate all three of them looking as good as they have uh, this year. I really thought one of them was going to fizzle out, but they all seem to be knowing that they're not 100% locks and are really coming out here to play. Um, so for me, I'm paying attention to the backups. I want to see who's playing on what unit and, of course, how they're faring because, uh, you know, Dion, DeAndre, and DeAndre, uh, they're all kind of fighting for a couple spots behind the two starters in Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson. But what about you, B? What are you paying attention to in terms of the safeties? I think there's a, a position battle back here that we're not totally aware of. With Deion Bush going out, uh, not playing last week, DeAndre Hall came in and had 
seven tackles that led, led the secondary. I mean, he probably had more playing time. I probably got some time with the threes. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head how much time he had there. But I think there's a, a legitimate conversation there to have. I mean, we know Deion Bush has improved, but now that we've seen DeAndre Hall against some some better talent here, uh, at least last week Thursday, uh, maybe that's a chance for him to, to maybe get some more time with the twos and see if he can push Deion Bush out. I don't know. What about you, Nick? Are you paying attention? Uh, anything you want to maybe mention about the starters? I think Brandon and I hit the backups pretty well, but in terms of that starting duo back there, the guys who we know sh- will be starting week one, uh, what do you want to see from them? Because you talked about the communication issues already, um, but what do you want to see on Saturday night? So now Wrap it comes. Space. Exactly. That's what I was about <laughs> to hit on. I mean, we saw that missed tackle by Amos, and I bet you that, you know, it's still stuck there, even though it's preseason game, completely whiffed on it. So you want to see that aspect, but again, these safeties need to be able to communicate like, like we were just talking about. So let's put that, let's see if they're in position to maybe get that near interception or. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it an interception uh, against this Broncos team. And I think that, you know, moving forward, they're going to count on these safeties uh, just to make plays for them. And that and that's for Amos, not to just, you know, make a good tackle and, you know, redeem himself, but to get interceptions. Yes, he had one last year, but you want to see him build off of that. And let's maybe get two this year or anything like that. But just how the safeties play against, you know, some pretty good wide receivers and Demaryius Thomas, Manuel Sanders, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge with Case Keenum also as quarterback. So yeah, just want to see how they go against that first team unit. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I know the the Broncos last week struggled for the majority of their preseason games, so you know they already seen the Bears for a couple of days, so they should have a good clue of how to attack this defense. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how they fare. For me, I don't need to see many perhaps splash plays, big turnovers. I mean, I'm not going to complain if they do. I just want to see them fulfill assignments, be on the same page. If that's happening, then I'm confident moving forward, which I already am pretty confident with the Bears secondary and defense as a whole. But that, of course, just be an extra bit of confidence heading into next week's dress rehearsal. But guys, I want to know if you have any final thoughts on the defense heading into the game. Mine, I already alluded to it about 10 minutes ago. And it's just more pass rush. Eight sacks against the Ravens. And again, I know it's not remotely realistic to kind of keep that pace up. But they only had one sack last week. That's a huge, drastic, you know, turn, downturn in terms of production from your front seven. So let's just find a happy medium on Saturday. Two, three sacks would be fine. Four sacks would be great. But I just want to see, uh, in terms of the outside linebackers, someone getting in there consistently, showing that they belong in this rotation. Because last week, uh, with Isaiah Irving out after Leonard Floyd and Sam Acho left the field, there's the pass rush besides maybe Adebali for the most part. It was non-existent. So I want to see someone, in the terms of the backups, be a little bit more consistent. And, heck, Leonard Floyd, if he wants to get in the backfield again and make a sack, that's okay, too. What about you guys? Let's go to B first. I want to see Nick kind of touched on the communication factor uh, because the Broncos have quarterbacks that can move. Case Keenum, Trevor Simeon, and um, Paxton Lynch, all guys that are, are pretty mobile guys. So I don't think we're going to see the sack numbers there, but I want to see the outside guys set the edge. I want to see the inside guys you know, create some sort of pocket push. Uh, you know, but have have the edge still set so that way he's got to think twice about where he's going to go and avoid a sack. So I want to. I don't think they're necessarily going to get as many sacks, but I want to see some sort of of push to keep him in a pocket and not get uh, not have him burn us on our feet on yeah. his feet. 
I know what you mean. You're good. I understand. <laughs> Let's go over to Nick. Any final thoughts on D? Yeah, this is really specific, and I got two things. I'm still going to be watching Leonard Floyd and how he gets to the quarterback. Uh, he's a pivotal piece on this defense, and I think he needs to be a double-digit sack guy come the season for this Bears defense to you know, be what it wants to be. And another thing, just noting at, at practice on Wednesday, uh, there were times where there's some big plays happening from screen plays. So I want to see how the Bears adjust because obviously the Broncos were working that uh, on Wednesday's practice. I want to see if they now utilize that on Saturday. So it's just, that's a, that's a whole communication thing. These D linemen recognizing once, you know, offensive linemen are pulling, getting out in space, and then the linebackers after that and secondary having to come up to maybe make up the wrap-up tackle. I want to see how they adjust to that, that screen game that the Broncos definitely did use on Wednesday's practice. All right, yeah, of course, all of these I think would do what we're all hoping for, and that's last week the Bears, I think the defense, the starting unit was out there for, what, two, three series, gave up over hundred, about 140 yards, uh, a lot of missed tackles, a lot of missed assignments, uh, a lot of Marcus Cooper doing Marcus Cooper things. So hopefully all those things are corrected, and the Bears' defense uh, does much better than we saw a week ago. I think we're forgetting how sloppy it kind of looked. Now, of course, I said when I was on for just a few moments, don't get too discouraged. It's only the you know the first official real preseason game but now it's the second one I need to see improvement and that's what we want to see each and every week throughout the preseason is improvement and it'll be a big step for the defense and if they get at least Danny Trevathan back out there at the starters for a little while it should help because I think we've noticed just how much they've been missing their starters in terms of the inside backers all right guys let's switch our focus to the other side of the ball and put together uh, that put together a strong outing in Wednesday's joint practice and that being the offense Nick uh, from everything I've seen and heard, Mitch had a really good day yesterday. What did he do so well? You know, he's just putting the ball in good spots and not, you know, there was no near interceptions. And when guys were were covered up, uh, the ball was out of bounds in the direction of his receiver, but nowhere where there was a chance of any of the Broncos defenders to make a play on it. But he was just, he was really accurate when, you know, he did have time, which he did uh, have a good amount of time with, uh, you have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller coming after you. Tackles did a great job, but Trubisky was just putting the ball in the right place, trusting his receivers, and a big part of that were, were the tight ends. But Trubisky, he looked good. Yeah, and it's a nice sign because I know he's gone up against our defense for a few weeks, and I mean we've noted his struggles in terms of his accuracy, his ball placement, throwing a few interceptions, and again, all growing pains when it comes to learning a brand new offense. Something to get overly you know, upset about, but it was just something we noted. And for him to go up against a defense that's showing him different looks, different guys going up against receivers, not really knowing what to expect, for him to be so on point is a great sign because that's how it's going to be week in, week out. You're going to see different defenses. And for him to kind of, you know, you can tell he was zoned in just a little bit more from what I've been able to tell. So for him to do that, for me, is a great sign. Uh, B, on Saturday, in terms of Trubisky, what do you want to see? I'm going to see you can continue. I've heard you know a lot of great things, like Nick just said, putting the ball where it needs to be on the deep ball passes. Seen you know, a lot of that on Twitter. You know, Trubisky is really hitting the guys deep. Uh, it's something that the Broncos uh, guys in their press conferences were saying. You know, Trubisky is really able to hit the ball. You know, get the ball where it needs to downfield. I want to see that continue. Uh, in the first first play against Cincinnati, we've seen a, a play deep, Kevin White, and he overthrew him a little bit, which is fine. It's expected. He put it where only his guy was going to get it. Not a big deal. Uh, but something else that I've I heard on Twitter as well today. I uh, only got on at lunch today, but I heard, you know, Whitehair's having more snap problems, which creates problems with the timing on the on the offensive side. So if he's be, uh, not getting the, the ball clean, it's going to create problems. So I wonder in the scheme if there's other different routes that he can, you know, we don't necessarily want to see him do check downs, but if that's what it comes down to, I'm, if that's going to continue to be an issue, that's not going to be something that bugs me. Yeah, because last week you mentioned it, due to penalties, due to uh, poor 
pocket, uh, you know, protection, uh, do right. those poor snaps. He didn't really get much of an opportunity last week to do anything. You know, the, they're always behind the sticks. Those couple of series he was out there, and you know, when I got to the game, I was like, yes, can't wait to see what Mitch can do. And then it all just fell apart, and I was like. Well, I guess we'll have to wait a week to see what he can do. So I'm excited to see uh, exactly how he approaches this other opportunity. And if the guys around him, in terms of the offensive line, which are going to have their hands full, we'll talk about that later on. And, of course, Cody White here with the snap and the rhythm, uh, give him an opportunity. I expect him to show up a little bit. Uh, I anticipate him to play a little bit more sound, uh, looking like the guy that Nick saw yesterday in Wednesday's practice. But a couple things I'm looking terms uh maybe more specifically. Brandon, you mentioned those deep shots. I'm wondering how early and often do they do that because uh, Coach Nagy said yesterday that that's never going to stop in this offense, which, again, love the aggressive mentality that Coach brings to this offense. Um, but how many deep shots does he take? Does he connect on them? Who are they going to? Who is he you know, targeting down there? All of those good stuff. And the other thing, and I'm going to borrow from Coach here, uh, he wants to see Trubisky improve on anticipation throws, which he's calling card throws. And I want to see how the second-year quarterback can handle those uh, you know, game situations as well, two-minute drill, red zone. I want to see him do uh, those sorts of things. We saw it all through practice. They practice it over and over again. But I want to see it when it matters, when the, when the clock's winding and all those sorts of things. So that's what I'm paying attention to, anticipation throws, deep shots, and how he can handle different game situations what about you, Nick? I know you saw him on Wednesday. Uh, hopefully he can replicate that. But anything else that you're hoping to see or you want to see at Trubisky? You know, I just want to see the chemistry between all of his receivers. That includes tight ends, you know, just to prove. I mean, obviously, they did a great job, Trubisky and the tight ends. But Allen Robinson was a guy that um, – I. Obviously, that that connection or that chemistry still needs to be built up a little bit. But I just want to see him get chemistry with everybody from whether he's throwing it to a Marlon Brown or to a Kevin White, whatever, whoever's out there, just putting the ball in the right spot at the right time. Awesome. Any guys, anything you want to mention maybe about the backup quarterbacks? For me, I thought about this coming into the game, well, the pregame, the preview show, <laughs> and uh Maybe you guys have something, but for me, I think it's self-explanatory. We just want to see them be able to run this offense, uh, showcase uh, things for the other skill players. So, like, especially wide receiver, we want to see uh, them be able to uh, give them opportunities to make their chances on the roster. I think Tyler Bray, I think Chase Daniel, we know what to expect. Um, and to me, it's not like a huge position battle or anything, but is there anything you want to see out of them or anything that you want to pay attention to in terms of uh, Chase Daniel or Tyler Bray? Yeah, I want to see Chase go interceptionless. I, the one in Cincinnati wasn't his fault. It hit Mazzell on the shoulder. Patty needs to catch that. Uh, but it seems like uh, Chase Daniels is a guy that kind of wears his emotions on his sleeve a little bit, and that can kind of you know help or hinder the team if it's a, if it's a good play. You know, that's going to create a lot of energy. But if it's a bad play, I mean, sometimes you can visibly see it, and you don't really know how the offense takes it as a group. Uh, so he needs to be able to go out and have an I want to say an interceptionless game this preseason. So it doesn't really matter. But I just think for his confidence uh, that that's really going to help. What about you, Nick? Anything? You know, for Chase Daniel, uh, he had a good practice yesterday, and I was impressed with him where he was able to put uh, the ball in some, you know, some tight windows. So I want to see that come come Saturday. And the same thing for Tyler Bray. I thought he had, you know, a decent practice, was able to throw some guys open. We saw him miss a few throws last, you know, last week against the Bengals. So want to see him bounce back because I don't know if they're going to keep all three quarterbacks on here. Maybe it's just, you know, Trubisky and Daniel. So Tyler Bray, I think, you know, preseason is huge for him if he wants to be able to make this team. You know, it's hilarious. I've, I don't know why we haven't mentioned it yet, but it's so hard to keep track of these guys. Like, you know, you have Chase Daniel, James Daniels, and, of course, Daniel Brown. So, so many Daniels going on in this offense. It's it's easy to slip up and add an S or omit an oh, S. Oh, yeah, it's, for uh, sure. But I think we do a pretty damn good job, so I'm going to roll with it. Let's go over to running back, guys. Um, 
couple things, of course, with the starters. So does Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen get some playing time? You know, and if so, how is Tariq Cohen used in an in-game situation? Is he playing running back? Are they using him at wide receiver? Um, how does Howard look? What do you guys want to see out of these guys? I anticipate both will play, at least some. Uh, I'm going to go over to Brandon first here. I know the offensive line has been very lackluster in terms of generating any push, creating any running lanes. So, of course, that's a concern that we'll talk about when we get to that unit. But in terms of the running backs in general, what are you paying attention to? I don't want to see much Jordan Howard in this one. I want to see him more next week. Um, But this week, I don't think it's quite necessary that he's out there. Um, Like you said, the the offensive line isn't generating much of a push. You don't want to get your your number one guy banged up if the offensive line isn't quite ready yet uh, to be able to put him out there. I I expect to see more Tariq Cohen, absolutely. And I want to see some Benny Cunningham, too. Uh, He's been a guy that's kind of sort of disappointed me a little bit so far in in training camp and in the preseason games, just not being able to generate much. He had the one nice run against the Ravens. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, he just kind of looks visibly frustrated uh, more times than he looks like he's celebrating something. So I want to see Benny Cunningham come out and put on a put on a pretty good show. What about you, Nick? Uh, in terms of running backs, I agree with not having Jordan Howard play a lot of reps in this game. Don't need him to. He's going to be the bell cow come the regular season. But Tariq Cohen's an interesting guy because I feel like Negi has not uh, shown shown the I guess his hand with him because he's going to be a guy that's going to be a folk uh, not a focal point and stuff but used very much so whether it's a receiver or running back so it's going to be interesting to see where exactly he lines up in this one because we haven't seen a lot of Tariq Cohen and just um, he's I feel like his opportunities at running backs have been less and he's been used more as a wide receiver but we'll see what ends up happening when it comes to regular season. But uh, Taquan Mazel, I think, you know, this is a huge game for him because he did not have a good practice on Wednesday. Just dropped a lot of opportunities. Literally, uh, Tyler Bray threw a beautiful, maybe 40, 50-yard pass to him right in the hands, just drops it. Seven on sevens, dropping passes in. If he wants to make this team, he needs to show that he can catch. So uh, it's going to be a big game for him. He's obviously going to get a lot of opportunities with the twos and threes. But, yeah, it's a big game for him to, if he wants to be on this roster. Yeah, I know he's been on the downward trend lately. And, you know, there's still half the preseason to go, uh, if not a little bit more. So, well, there is a little bit more than half. This coming up <laughs> will be half. But, uh, no, he needs to, you know, make the most of this opportunity, put those struggles behind him, and prove he can be out there. I just don't know if he has it in him. I don't know if he's going to stick on this roster. It just doesn't feel like it. It hasn't. He hasn't really proven too much. Even on his good days, they weren't great. So, for me, Mazel. I think he's going to be the odd man out here. Of course, there's another guy who's on the bubble, someone who's in question, and that's Ryan All. He had that big run last week. Uh, so for me, can he continue to show his value that he can actually be an asset in this offense? I know Micah Burton, he didn't practice, and so if he plays or not, it's going to be in question. So if he doesn't play, I mean, that may just crack that door of opportunity open uh, for Ryan All. What do you guys anticipate there? I'm, I'm assuming we'll see plenty of Nall in the, you know, the second half third, fourth quarter of this game. Um, what do you guys, what are your thoughts on where he kind of stands in terms of the roster heading into uh, the second official, but the third preseason game for the bears. And let's go to Nick first. Yeah. So Ryan also had a big run in yesterday's practice. I didn't get to make note of that, but he definitely did. And he's a guy that has been making some plays and has been making the most of his opportunities. So want to see a lot of him come, you know, this Saturday, against uh, the Broncos, but hopefully he does show up. But I do like Ryan. All. I think it's a guy, he's a good guy to root for. And if he can show that versatility, being able to block and maybe play that fullback slash halfback, you know, role in this offense, that'd be great for him. Cause I think he's, he's a good player. Just got to keep making plays. What about you, B? Um, I think Mazzella and Nall are both uh, on the outside looking in. 
it's just it's really hard when there's there's three solidified guys and against Cincinnati they played both those guys pretty much the whole game uh rotated them in and out just trying to figure out who exactly is going to be able to take control of that bottom of the the depth chart position uh if it's even there and I I really don't know that there's an edge to either of them. I think it's another Ray Robertson Harris and John Bullard type of battle. Or I, I haven't seen enough out of either to really say this guy's going to be the guy that makes the roster over him. Yeah, and neither are locks. They don't need to take right. any of them. So, again, we'll see how it all pans out. But I think if, say, Michael Burton doesn't play, just like Doran Grant not uh, you know, having a great opportunity, even though Ryan All might not be out there with, this, with, out there with the starters, it's a great opportunity for him to show his skill set and prove that he might need a – a look in the dress rehearsal game, at least maybe with the twos, maybe just a few times with the ones. Again, it's going to be tough because what he brings to the table, it's a mix. He's not really great at anything, but he's good at a lot of things. And that's what Ryan all kind of brings. All right, guys, let's move over to wide receiver. And let's begin with the biggest storyline here. Benny Fowler. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the big news, in case you missed it, is that Allen Robinson is going to be playing in this game, which is a good sign for both his progression and the long-term success of this offense. Now, Nick, you mentioned on Twitter yesterday, and you just talked about it about five minutes ago, that Robinson and Trubisky has had a, have had a hard time establishing a rhythm down there in Denver. So this is an opportunity to build that chemistry. And, for, of course, that's huge. And hopefully the two can find success. Um, even if it's just mild success, I don't just get a completion or two, build some confidence between these two guys. But what Nick would be proper expectations for his debut? Proper expectations. I mean, you want to see, you know, just those two actually connect on a, a you know, a pass and throw. Um, like I said earlier, um, they did have some, you know, communication issues, I would say, but there was one where there's a bad snap. So it throws everything off right from the very beginning. And Robinson hasn't been practicing, uh, like all the other wide receivers for all the time, he's been like held on a leash, I would say. So now he's kind of getting acclimated to this. It's going to take time to develop that chemistry, but you want to see him just go out there, beat that one-on-one coverage, just make a play. He's athletic, can get that jump ball. So let's see him get in one of those opportunities where it's just pure athleticism and he has to go beat his man. I think that's where you want to see Robinson uh, excel. Yeah, I mean, in training camp, we saw him make a – a handful of plays that made you go wow. Like even if he has to dive if he's jumping up for it. Um, one of those would be excellent to see. But again, even if he doesn't make a wow play, if he can just make the easy plays happen, I think that's fine. It's only again week two of the preseason, and we have plenty of time before week one starts. So for us, well, at least for me, I want to see him just make the easy plays. Don't pull Kevin White and drop the easy catches, and then <laughs> we should be fine moving forward. Just build some confidence. That's really all we need, especially coming back from an ACL. If you can go out there in a game and just make a few plays, and that's it. That's cool. That's a good step forward to getting more confident with your knee moving forward. What about you, B? Anything you want to add about Robinson or anything else in terms of wide receivers that you're paying attention to? Uh, with Robinson, it's mostly just the route running. We've seen him run some very clean, very solid, you know, good routes that are kind of breaking guys' ankles from time to time. So, I, I mean, that's not a an issue as far as whether or not that knee can hold up, I don't think. Uh, but at the same time, uh, Trubisky has to be able to put the ball where where only Allen Robinson is going to be able to catch it. So, I, I have I have more confidence in Allen Robinson to get open and beat his man than I do right now in Trubisky uh, connecting with him. That's something, like you said, that they're going to have to work on, just pitch and catch, things like that, quick slant routes, get some confidence going, even if they're just two-yard routes. I mean, something to be able to establish some sort of chemistry with each other. That's really what I'm looking for, and I, I think that Allen Robinson is going to be able to get himself open more times than not to get Trubisky a window to throw to. See, when I go out there and I spend a lot of money on a true number one big-bodied receiver, 
it doesn't need to be only where he can get it. I mean, that's ideal, right? But he needs right. to go out there and get those contested catches too. He needs to go out there and fight for the ball, especially when the defender's in a uh, in a spot to make a play on it. That's why you pay him the big bucks to go out there and make those catches, use his strong hands, use his big frame, his wingspan to go out there and get it. But yeah, we'll see how it goes with Allen Robinson. Uh, it's hard to set maybe proper expectations uh, because I think we tried that last week and it didn't work out so well for some of the other debuts, <laughs> a.k.a. Anthony Miller, who we'll talk about here in just a moment. But real quick, uh, with Taylor Gabriel, you know, he's currently out with a minor injury. Uh, for, so for me, it's going to be interesting to watch uh, who they have in his role with the first string. Maybe it's Anthony Miller. Maybe it's, uh, you know, they keep Kevin White on the outside. So who would it even be? Would it be maybe Josh Bellamy then that they would throw in there on the inside? That might be the case as well. I don't want to see it. but that Did might... he get his permission slip sign to go on this trip? He is there. He's in Denver. Cause... Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, so real quick with Nick. You know, Anthony Miller, uh, last week his debut wasn't spectacular. One catch, minus one yard. Um, and now, you know, it doesn't have me worried. It shouldn't worry any Bears fans either. Um, but, of course, we all want to see something positive from him during a game. Uh, what do you anticipate from Miller based off what you saw yesterday come Saturday? Yeah, so he was one of those uh, receivers that did stand out. Not a lot of them did. But just Miller's always in, in the right place at the right time. Trubisky can just go. It's almost become like a security blanket, which is strange because – Miller is a rookie and, you know, obviously being the first year getting acclimated to the NFL skill level, you wouldn't think that, but it just seems like whenever Trubisky throws the Miller, good things happen. So yeah, this first, this, this second preseason game, um, I technically second preseason game, but you want to see Miller actually get more opportunities. Um, obviously he had that one catch minus one yard, but I want to see him, you know, stretch the field vertically a little bit because he's been doing it all training camp long, making these acrobatic catches. Let's just put him in the, the scenario where he can make that catch because I'm more, more times than not, he will be able to make that catch. So that's what I want to see from Miller. Just have the opportunity to make the catch. Exactly. And when the first unit went out last week, he went off the field too, which number one shows that he is, Heavily going to be involved in this offense come the regular season. And two, uh, we already talked about, and you already know because you've watched the game or at least listened to the game, most people listening, uh, that the first unit didn't do much of anything. So it wasn't really Anthony Miller. It was just the offense in general. Let's go over to B. Anything else? Any other players you're going to be paying attention to at the wideout group? Benny Fowler, the guy you started the segment with, uh, because he seems to be making the wrong plays uh, when the game kind of comes to we, we need some points. Uh against the Ravens dropped one in the end zone early in the game against Cincinnati. I think he had another opportunity to make a, a catch that would have given the offense another leap forward, get some points. Uh, and he failed to do that. So I want to see him be able to capitalize and bounce back from these two games where he's essentially been the focal point of whether or not the offense gets points. Uh, so I want to see Benny Fowler come out and pretty much, ca- I don't want to say catch everything because that's kind of unrealistic. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think it should be uh something that we don't see. Like, if he only gets three targets, I expect him to haul in three. Sure, absolutely. Let's go over to Nick here. Uh, Where do you want to take this? Because wide receiver, I mean, we can talk probably a whole preview show just on this unit alone because there's so many guys, especially for fighting for those bottom spots. Uh, Who are you paying attention to? Uh, Javon Wim's going to be a guy that I'll be, you know, keep my eyes on a guy that, you know, is not guaranteed to make the roster has to still make some plays, but he is trending in the right direction. I would say, um, again, he did have a drop last week against those Bengals right over the middle. You just want to see him be able to make the catch because we know that he's capable of doing that. And then another guy, Kevin white, who obviously has been here, hasn't played. Uh, he needs to stand out. I didn't really see much of him in Wednesday's practice. 
He didn't do very well. That first team unit, like you said, didn't do very well against the Bengals last week. So you want to see Kevin White just make some plays, show that he he's capable of doing that because he's had some up and down practices at training camp in Bourbonnais. Um, but he's a guy that I think, you know, should play the entire first half like he did last week just to show showcase, you know, his, his skill ability. And hopefully he does. Hopefully he can make a, you know, take advantage of this opportunity because if he continues to struggle, I mean, it really does. I mean, you know, he's kind of a lock, but they could also just eat the money if they really want to put someone else on this roster. And if he keeps struggling, especially in games, then why would you want to keep a guy who may not provide anything, especially because he has no special teams value? It makes it yep. very difficult to keep a guy like Kevin White if he can't show up against the twos in a preseason game. So it's it's imperative for White. Let's not really sugarcoat it here. If he goes out there and continues to struggle this week, next week that dress rehearsal, I mean, it's almost all or nothing for Kevin White. Uh, so for me... Of course, watching White, uh, he had that drop. I know Trubisky said post game, you know, is this one play? Um, we're not going to have one play dictate our entire, you know, relationship. They've been working hard all offseason together, and they're going to continue to work together to kind of get it right. So we'll see. We'll see if there's any improvement between the two. But of course, uh, you also mentioned Javon Williams. I don't need to really hit on him as well, but he's someone who obviously all Bears fans should be paying attention to. Is he out there with the ones, the twos? If so, how long and where? How's he being utilized? And if and it, can he make the most of the opportunities presented? Because he's someone who. I think he has went from practice squad to someone who's going to make this roster, which, of course, puts a little bit more pressure on guys like White. So for me, those two guys, of course, uh, running at the bottom would be my two guys to pay attention to. Let's move over to tight ends, who Nick said were the stars of the show yesterday. Why were they? They were just open and catching everything from Ben Broniker all the way to Trey Burton. These guys really excelled, got open, beat these uh, Denver Broncos linebackers and were just at the right place. And Trubisky was just hitting them on each and every throw. Uh, I shared that one video of the red zone throw for Trubisky to Burton. Beautiful just route that he ran, was able to fake the inside, go to the corner and just make an acrobatic catch. That's what you want to see from these tight ends that are going to be utilized so much in this offense. Adam Shaheen was getting open across the middle of the field towards the sidelines. They just had a really good day. And I heard they had a good day today at practice just from uh, reporters, but yeah, it's very, very, you know, encouraging to see, because like I said, these tight ends are going to be used often and Trubisky's going to have to, you know, hit them right on the money. Mm-hmm. B let's go over to you for tight ends. Uh, in terms of Saturday, what do you hope to see? What do you expect? I hope to see better a better blocking effort uh, than we did against sure. Cincinnati. That's why Anthony Miller had the one reception for negative one yards because Adam Shaheen couldn't get his hands on the, the DB that was trying to tackle Anthony Miller, and he did tackle him behind the line. So that's unfortunate. That's something that I talked about in last week's preview show. They need to be able to show that they can block more effectively in the blocking drills. I think we've noted every time that we watch it in training camp, the tight ends are struggling. The offense always seems to lose that drill. Uh, so I want to be able to see them them step up and provide some sort of pass block support if need be just on a chip block or obviously I want to see them in, in run blocking uh, show up there even on screens if they're running bubble screens to Anthony Miller or Tariq Cohen those are guys that are going to be the first first line of defense I guess which is ironic being on offense uh, <laughs> but the, but the first guys are going to be able to get out there to block so I want to be able to see that uh, continue to prove yeah especially with uh, DM Sims you know he's still not practicing so he's someone who shouldn't be able to play on Saturday Nick's rolling his eyes down there for you listening if you want a visual but <laughs> Brandon, you talked about it. Um, Shaheen last week, he had a great day in terms of catching the ball, especially in that one drive. Three catches, 53 yards. He was pretty much the entire drive was on his back. Yep. But in terms of blocking, we need to see improvement. And with Deion Sims out, which Sims is known to be a blocking tight end, if he does that well or not is another debate for another day. But <laughs> if Shaheen can go out there and prove he can be a valuable blocker, I think it's a good chance for him to 
show this coaching staff, like, hey, you can put me out there and not have to worry. Because with Sims out, he should be getting the majority of those reps with the first team. So for him, we know what he can do as a pass catcher. I mean, we want to see more of that, of course. But how he fares as a blocker, I think, is going to dictate a lot about his confidence and the Bears coach's confidence in him being out there come the regular season. And, of course, Trey Burton. I want to see him find a way to replicate what Nick Salt practiced. Because last week, again, starting unit was awful, but he only had one catch five yards. I want to see him do a little bit more. I mean, even if it's only a couple of catches, I want to see him averaging, you know, seven to eight plus yards per catch. I want to see him moving the sticks. He's supposed to be Trubisky's security blanket underneath. I want to see him, you know, get some yards after the catch, add up a little bit of rack. So for me, of course, Trey Burton, I it would be nice to see a little bit more from him as well. And uh, Brandon, I think you said in the chat you have a point, if I read correctly. I do have a point I want to make. This is a chance for Daniel Brown to show, too, how much uh, he's worth if he can go out there and be a good blocker in space or a good run blocker. Because if Deion Sims is injured and can't really go out there and play on a consistent basis and he can't really rely much on Trey Burton or Adam Shaheen, that opens the door for Daniel Brown. What can he do as far as blocking goes? Uh, Because that's something we talked about with the defense all throughout that that side of the ball. You know, this is an opportunity for Doran Grant. I think this is uh, really an opportunity for Daniel Brown to show that he deserves to be on the team if he can go out there and block well. You're right, because the Bears, they like to utilize a lot of three tight end sets. We saw it at training camp. We saw it a little bit throughout the preseason. So without Deion Sims, who's going to be that third tight end? That's something to pay attention to, because once they do, uh, you're going to know who's next in the pecking order. And, of course, preseason uh, is only going to be the official game, too. Uh, but there's still time for guys to kind of, of course, shift. But say it's Samuel Brown, and he goes out there and he performs, either it be blocking and or catching and you know receiving the ball. That's just going to really cement in the coach's minds that he can also be a difference maker in his offense. We talked about it, how Brown is, he's a converted wide receiver out of James Madison. I mean, you saw it last week, he had five targets, five catches, 90 yards. He had a 56 yard play, you know, a lot of, you know, he's, he's really good at running after the catch. So for me, you, you already said it, Brandon, huge game for Daniel Brown. And of course, uh, Ben Broniker, Nick already said he saw some good things from him. Does Callan Thompson find a way to have an upswing? I think he's of course, going to be the odd man out, but can he find a way to, you know, show it to the other teams that maybe, hey, put me on your roster, put me on your practice squad, those sorts of things for uh, Callan Thompson. Uh, you should definitely keep in mind. But guys, for the sake of time, what's this role to offensive line? Because we're already hitting our hour mark here. And so, Mr. Trenches, this is a perfect time to go right back to you. What are you paying attention to? Cody Whitehair, uh, most notably. Uh, I've heard that he's continued to struggle to snap the ball, and hopefully that's something that he shakes by the end of preseason. I don't think they're going to change him. Uh, because if they are, then they need to do it now, and they need to put James Daniel at center because we don't want to have another. What was that John Fox's first year when they moved Kyle Long out to tackle? You know, mm-hmm. like like the night before the game. Like we can't can't afford to have that. This offensive line is so deep in so many spots. You have to be able to figure this out. If Cody Whitehair, uh, he says, you know, I I can shake this. It's just something that I have to go through. Whatever, whatever. Uh, Matt Nagy says, you know, in a detail-oriented offense that you can't make the same mistake twice, and we've seen this repeatedly from White here. I don't think it's enough to, to ring alarms or bells or anything at this point in the preseason, uh, but it's something that we definitely need to start making an eye of. I think that James Daniels should definitely get a shot with the ones just to see how he does with Trubisky. He's had some pretty clean snaps so far, but I wouldn't rule out White here uh, so much just yet. Yeah, it's interesting we talk about the snaps because a lot of people attribute last year's snap issues from White here that – you know, he bounced around a little bit. So he wasn't able to fully, you know, focus at center, working that day in, day out. But they're still happening. He had an entire OTA program to work through. He had 29 days of training camp to work through. We're now, you know, a couple preseason games as well. So when's it enough? When do we say we need to figure that out? Either he needs... Finally. 
a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. To fix it now, or James Daniels needs to step in because it's just going to throw off the entire flow of the offense. We saw it last week. We've seen it all throughout training camp too. And so for me, my patience is starting to run a little bit more thin. You know, I try to be as understanding as possible, but... When he has someone like James Daniels and the potential that he possesses waiting in the wings, you kind of get a little eager to see what you have in him, especially at the position uh, that may be a little bit more natural to him. And of course, don't forget, White here was a guard moved to center. So, center, I mean, guard might just be a little bit more natural for him as well. What about you, Nick? Anything you want to add about the situation or anything else that you want to mention in terms of the offensive line? Yeah, I think the talk is really starting to pick up, though. Again, Whitehair struggled. He struggled yesterday. Not struggled. He had a few bad snaps. He had a few bad snaps today as well. James Daniels is only playing center now. Yesterday, he only practiced at center. Today, he's only practicing at center. It almost seems like the two and two are coming together mm-hmm. to where now it's going to be, all right, Whitehair, we're just going to move you a left guard, and then we're going to put James Daniels at center. Like you said, natural position these guys are supposed to play. But I agree with Brandon. I would make this move sooner rather than later. You don't want to have that Kyle Long situation. But again, James Daniels has been practicing both positions. So he's capable of doing both. Cody Whitehair needs to get acclimated back to playing guard if the Bears are going to do this. But it just seems like the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. Daniels is excelling at center. Whitehair is still having the snapping issues. Let's just make the switch and put the best five offensive linemen out there. That's the most important thing. And I think Harry Heist, you know, he stand and all, the rest of the offensive coaching staff are going to know who it is, but it just seems like that's going to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. And let's not underestimate just how well Daniels played against the twos last week. We talked about it in the mm-hmm. post game show. It was, it was remarkable. Really. He just stepped in and was like, yep. He's like a brick wall out there. Like no one's going to pass me. He's rarely backpedaling. He's usually driving his feet forward. Uh, in terms of pass protection, you know, he utilizes his arms perfectly. Able to set a great base, a great foundation, and guys can't get around him. Um, so for me, what I'm going to be paying attention to in terms of this specific situation on Saturday night, say Eric Cush struggles again because he struggled last week. And that was, of course, against Geno Atkins, which, again, I understand it's Geno freaking Atkins. Uh, you know, most people are <laughs> going to struggle against him. But say he struggles early on in this game. Does that open the door mid-game to try Daniels out up there? And do they put him at guard, see how he fares against, you know, the number one talent, or do they move him into center and just shift Cody right there in the game and say, you know what, let's just go for it. It would be an interesting sight to see if they're, just, if they're bold enough to say, you know what, this is the plan, let's just try it out now because it's the week before the dress rehearsal, you have some time to at least get some film on it. I think it would be worth your time, especially if Cush does struggle. Um, but I also want to mention that Coach Nagy said that the left guard spot is wide open. So that, and he also mentioned uh, not just he he mentioned Daniels, which is interesting, uh, but he also mentioned Earl Watford instead of uh, Eric Cush, which Watford has been playing uh, right guard pretty well throughout training camp in terms of plays of Kyle Long when Kyle Long would have his rest days. So the Bears have some options here, but I think ideally you want the second round rookie to find his way into the starting lineup sooner rather than later. Um, earn his way up there, of course, but I think he's doing that, and hopefully the Bears give him that opportunity to do so, like Nick said, sooner rather than later. 
All right, real quickly, Nick, you said that the Bears tackles did a decent job against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb yesterday. You know, that's something that I had circled coming to this game as a huge question mark. Like, not a red flag, but maybe like a bright orange flag. Like, you know, like, I'm not totally worried. It's still preseason, but of course we want to keep Trubisky clean in the pocket. We don't want him to be getting hits from Von Miller or Bradley Chubb in this game. Um, but you said they look good, so I want to hear a little bit more about that. And do you expect the same to happen on Saturday or when it's more of a game situation, do you expect the matchup to get a little bit more even? Yeah, so that's a good question. I, I don't know if uh, those tackles are going to be be able to replicate what they did in Wednesday's practice. I hope so because those are two, you know, primetime pass rushers, even though Chubb is a rookie. But they did have a solid day in Wednesday's uh, practice. Uh, obviously, when you have to defend against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, that's no easy task. But for the most part, uh, Trubisky was able to get off his throws regardless if, you know, this was an in-game situation where they are allowed to hit him. Uh, I thought that the tackles, and I didn't really expect this coming in, were able to, you know, keep Trubisky upright. But come Saturday's game, you hopefully want to see that happen because Trubisky does not need to take any big hits, especially in the preseason. So hopefully the the tackles for the Bears can, you know, protect Trubisky come Saturday. Anything else in the offense line, B? There were no sacks given up by Rashad Coward or Jordan Morgan. Uh, last week, I think that's definitely something to keep note uh, coming against Denver here with some notable pass rushers like uh, Chubb and Miller, who those guys aren't necessarily going to face, but there's still some good pass rushers on this team. That's something else I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Yeah, and Coward, of course, I have him and Bradley Sowell right now, right? That swing tackle position. Uh, I think at you know at one point it would have been a long shot to say that Coward has a chance of overtaking Sal for that spot. Um, but two really strong preseason games coupled with the fact that he's looked really good all training camp long. I think if Coward can continue to prove it this week, maybe even next, that he's going to start to really make a case to not make that practice squad, but rather that he deserves a spot on the roster. So, you know, we talked about a few guys that this is a huge game for him. I think Rashad Coward, this is another huge game for him because if he shows any sign of regression, it's going to really hinder those chances. But if he can continue to show improvement week in, week out, and he's trending in the right direction where I think Bradley Sowell, you know what you're going to get, which, you know, is average. Um, if Coward has the potential to be better than average eventually, I think you keep him on the active roster. That way you don't take a chance of another team uh, poaching him from your practice squad, which I know doesn't happen too often. But, I mean, Craven LeBlanc, he's here. And, you know, we haven't let him go. So I don't want Coward to kind of suffer the same fate because – you know, for someone who's going from nose tackle to offensive tackle, he's doing a great job. Honestly, I would say he's doing a great job for any player playing the position, regardless of the positional change as well. All right, guys, looking at the offense as a whole, any final thoughts before we wrap things up here with our final couple segments? Just want to see that first team unit, you know, establish some chemistry, establish some drives, stay on the field, and you want to see points in the end. And just these receivers, like we talked about with Robinson, developing that chemistry. Anthony Miller gets more involved. All these things you just want to see because we didn't get a chance at that last week. So it would be nice to see this offense starting to come together. I know, again, Matt Nagy's not showing everything, and he shouldn't. It's preseason, but you just want to see some points or some some success from this first team unit. Right, because even though you don't want to show anything, and even though it's preseason, it doesn't matter, you better believe that the starters, they want to build confidence. And by getting ahead of the sticks, uh, sustaining some drives, reaching the red zone at the very least is going to do a lot in terms of their confidence heading into the regular season. 
I think more of it's going to, you know, hinge on the fact of how they play next week in the dress rehearsal, but they need to show some signs of progression here from last week to this week. It can't get much worse, but we need to see some steps forward uh, out of the entire unit. And of course, I think getting Allen Robinson back, uh, having him out there in the field, even if maybe the chemistry isn't there between Trubisky and Robinson so much, uh, just his presence on the field should open up so many more opportunities for the other playmakers on this offense. Over to you, B. Any final thoughts? I want to see the first stringers and second stringers, uh, for that matter, just kind of echo what you're saying, put up points, because it's it's cool to see Tyler Bray go out there and, and throw. Uh gives him a chance to really showcase his abilities as far as whether or not he's going to be able to make the team or not. Uh, but at the same time, I'd like to see, like you just said, echoing again, progression. I don't want to put Tyler Bray in a position where he's forced to throw at the end of the game. I want to be able to see the offense click uh, from the moment they're on the field uh, to the time that second stringers leave. I want to see that that whole unit just kind of jive very, very well together. And whether or not it happens, I don't know, but but progression things in the right order, uh, a trend in the right way, I guess is the, the way that I want to see this offense going. And that means points. Yeah, absolutely. Now we have a couple more things to do, so don't leave yet. I know we went through all the positions, but we just have a few more things to get to. Um, the first two I want to go ahead and do was hand out our most valuable bear prediction. And speaking of predictions, of course, it wouldn't be a preview show without handing out a bold one as well. Real quick, I'll start with me, MVB. I'm going to put Anthony Miller. You know, I think after an outing that he's not proud of a week ago and all the intention on Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, um, I think Miller is going to get plenty of targets and he's going to make the most of them. He's someone who's super confident. Uh, and I believe that he wants to show the NFL and show the Bears fans like, hey, what I saw in practice is for real. And I think this is a great opportunity for him to do so. So the reason he's going to be my MVP on the end of Saturday night, he's going to lead the starters in receptions, receiving yards, and first downs gained. So for me, Anthony Miller is going to be, hopefully, my MVP uh, Saturday night. Let's go over to B. Uh, my MVB is going to be a second stringer, Nick Williams. I think he puts together a good game, makes makes a very good case for his, his chance to be able to make the roster fighting with John Jenkins, Blau Nichols, a uh, chance to get in the rotation there. I think he comes out and really has a, a very good showing and anchors down that, that defensive line. All right, Nick Williams for Brandon, which I might just double as a bold prediction. Not going to lie. Let's go over to Nick here. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Doran Grant with Prince Mukamura out. Someone's got to step up at cornerback. Hopefully Mook, uh Marcus Cooper isn't playing the majority of the minutes, which he might end up. But I want to see Doran Grant have a good game. I think he's going to make the most of his opportunity. All right, bold prediction back to Nick. Bold prediction. I oh, mean, I wish he didn't come back to me. But uh, bold <laughs> prediction. Uh, I think we see your guy, your MVB, Anthony Miller, score his first NFL touchdown. Awesome. What about you, B? Bold prediction. Uh, Marcus Cooper creates two turnovers. I think that's pretty bold. I don't want this one to happen. Yeah, I don't right. either, but I think, <laughs> I think he makes a, a valid case, I guess. I don't know that we necessarily want that to happen, but I think it's bold. Yeah, that was bold if it does happen, so I'll give you that. Um, for me, I think you could have said, you know, Marcus Cooper won't make us shake our heads once. I think that would have been pretty bold, too. That would have been enough, yeah. Oof, that that would have been enough. That's too bold. That's like the boldest bold prediction ever. <laughs> wow. Congratulations to me. But uh, for me, guys, my bold prediction, uh, Roquan Smith not only plays, but he's going to ball out. He's going to lead the team in tackles. Uh, he's going to have some sort of impact play, uh, and that's going to earn him some time with the starting unit during next week's dress rehearsal as he marches his way into the starting lineup for week one. So that's going to be my bold prediction, which, heck, mine's kind of like mild bold. That should hopefully happen. Uh, so before we close the show, two more things to do. A big announcement's coming up in about one minute, but first Nick wanted to talk about uh, something that he and a fan discussed yesterday at practice. Well, just not that in general, but just the fans in general. Uh, I met uh, some great 
uh, set of fans there. Steven, for one, who uh, was the extra set of eyes at that Bears practice, just want to thank him and, you know, just help me out. I, I had a book bag with me, and I actually had to put that in his car for the meantime for practice because you're not allowed to bring any of that stuff. But it's great to meet Steven and his dad and also Travis and his family. Travis is a longtime listener to the podcast. Uh, I just want to thank him for coming up to me, meeting me, and, you know, taking a picture and everything. That was really, really cool. We wouldn't be you know, doing this right now and w- without you guys. And as I was leaving, uh, a guy was like, hey, the Bears brothers, you guys are awesome. Oh, wait, you're Nick. Just gives me a fist bump <laughs> awesome. up and then leaves. I'm like, that's awesome. So just want to thank the fans for, for all the support all, over the years. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, honestly, without you guys listening to us, watching us, I know there's like almost 100 of you watching live right now for, uh, you know, the Bears' third preseason game. That's pretty remarkable. So we appreciate that. You know, without you guys here supporting us, we would not be here. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing. We're here for you. You know, we're fellow Bears fans, and we just want to provide the kind of content that we think you all deserve, no matter where you are in the world. You deserve to feel connected to your favorite team, and that's what we strive to do here at the Bears Brothers. So, big announcement time, and it kind of leads in perfectly because, as you know, our goal is to make you the most informed Bears fan on game day. Well, this year, we want to make you the most informed Bears fan for the entire season. And to do that, we're coming out with a season preview magazine. If you're watching on YouTube, it's right now in the description. Uh, it's com slash magazine. It's going to come out next Monday. That's our hopeful goal. Right now, we're just uh, dotting your I's, crossing our T's, making sure everything is perfect for you when we launch it. Uh, so the whole goal about this is to give you all the information you know for the season. We have profiles on all the Bears coaches, profiles on all 90 players currently on the team, including which 53 are going to make this roster. On top of that, we have a schedule analysis, so all 16 games. You can learn more about the opponent, how the Bears match up to said opponent, and our confidence heading into that game. And, of course, everyone on our staff, not just the podcast, but also our writing staff, uh, came out with some record predictions. So a lot of cool stuff. Right now we're sitting at... About 120 pages. We'll see how exactly where it ends up after we do some editing. But this is really cool, and I can't wait to have you guys see this because we want to make you guys uh, as knowledgeable as possible heading into the season. Uh, not only is it a great way for you to learn more about the Bears and know everything you need to know for 2018, but it's also a great way to show your support for us because you know we don't ask for—I mean, we ask for donations. Uh, we don't really ask. If you find a way to donate, it's uh, Patreon or PayPal. You can find it on our website. Um, we appreciate everyone who has gone out of their way to do so. Um, we have the one show sponsor, but that's about it. And we go to all the, we went to all the practices. We went all the way to Canton. Nick went all the way to Denver. You know, we do a lot of traveling and we do it for you. Um, so this is a good way to give back if you want to, uh, the magazine, other season preview magazines cost about, uh, you know, eight to like $15, depending on the source. Uh, ours is only gonna be $4.99, less than $5. The same price as like a cup of coffee at Starbucks. If you want to kind of compare and the really unique thing about this is there's no other magazine preview like this. Like in the Sports Illustrated, you'll get like, what, two pages on the Bears? Same thing with like the ESPN Magazine NFL preview. For us, you're going to get over 100 pages on the Bears gearing you up for this season. And you're going to have like three weeks to digest the whole thing before week one rolls around. I hope you find it beneficial, but that should release on Monday. Again, if you want more information, go to thebearsrose.com slash magazine. And if you want to be notified as soon as it's released, I have a little spot for you to put your email. Just type it in. Uh, hit the little button that says get on the list. And as soon as we release it, I'll send you an email saying, hey, uh, come pick up your copy of the magazine and uh, give you more information then. But, uh, yeah, that's the magazine. Uh, we kind of kept it under wraps for uh, you know some obvious reasons, but we're excited to announce that we're going to be coming out with a 2018 season preview magazine. Alrighty, well that's gonna do it, Bears fans. I want to thank each and every one of you who are watching live or the replay on YouTube, and of course uh, to everyone across the globe who is listening to this podcast. A huge thank you to you as well. We're gonna be back for a Bears Broncos post game show late Saturday night. 
Or if you're like me and you live in the Eastern time zone, early Sunday morning, uh, 9.05 p.m. kickoff time for me. Can't wait for that night. A lot of coffee in store. Uh, and if you want to join that live recap, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you get that nifty notification as soon as we begin broadcasting. But until then, enjoy the game. And of course, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.